Anne-Marie Greener from XR Today, bringing you the latest in news and conversation from the extended reality space. Today, I'm joined by Rama Uraganti, Chief Product Officer at Realware. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Rory. A pleasure to be here. That's a pleasure as well. So to start us off, can you introduce our readers to augmented technologies that are offered by Realware and how it enhances workforce effectiveness and on-site safety? Sure. Realware as a company has been around for more than five years now, and we have since the very beginning focused on one customer. That's the industrial frontline worker. And the way to think about our technology is along the spectrum of extended reality. So on one end, you might think of VR as completely immersive, where you're not aware of your surroundings. You are in a completely digital world. That's digital first. Then right next to it is mixed reality, where you have a little bit um, digital. Digital is leading, but there is also a, a reality superimposed. And then on the, um, a little bit to the left of that, you could think of augmented reality, but then on the very left is assisted reality, which is where we play. Assisted reality, we are reality first and digital second. And what I mean by that, maybe I'll just uh, show you our device here. This is the Navigator 500. We launched it a couple of months ago. And uh, the way to think about this is it's, it doesn't block your view. So the way I wear it now, you can see the display here. This is the display and this is a camera up here. It's away from your field of view. It's right below it. So almost think of it like snacking rather than immersing, um, like um, a dial on your car, uh, a speedometer on your car, rather than something that's a heads-up display. So it's not blocking what I intend to do. I'm looking at you, and I'm not blocked. But if I want to look at uh, some other piece of information, I can just glance down quickly. So it's more for snacking. And the intention with this is in industrial environments, it's very important to have situational awareness. We don't want people to be obstructed uh, in their view at all, but you also want to bring the best of digital technologies into their hands. And that's the intention of how we designed this. We put in years of human factors into the way we designed it. Um, I'll just quickly walk through around this device. So this is the power button, also fingerprint sensor. There's a, a removable battery here, and so it's completely hot swappable, that means the, the device could be on and you can swap it out. All the way around, you have uh, a, a couple of buttons up and down, a multifunction button. And this is a cool thing here. Here's a camera. It's a 48 megapixel camera. The intention of 48 megapixels is not to get 8K video, for example, right? Usually, you don't have that kind of bandwidth anyway to up upload that type of speed. The intention with the, the camera here is to get great low light performance meaning when things are dark, you're looking behind a cabinet, you're trying to fix something in a darkened environment, you can get great video coming out of this because it'll take four pixels and combine it into one. This is also a modular camera. That means the camera comes off and then you can install other modules that we are coming down uh, further down the roadmap. So very, uh, very excited about this. Then we have a display here, which is a uh, it looks like a small display, but uh, right here. But when you look into it, it'll look like a seven-inch tablet. We have um, other ideas around displays that are going to come, and this is also modular, which you can replace in the future. So think of this as an investment because our industrial customers, unlike consumers, uh, don't like changing devices quickly. It takes a long time to deploy them, secure them. So we want this to be a multi-year investment. But then you can change some of the modules as time goes on. Uh, some of your viewers might be familiar with our previous device, which was this one, HMT-1. 
Um, this device, uh, you, as you can see, a big change in terms of how it looks. Uh, we made it. Uh, we made this device lighter, just as rugged, slimmer, but also modular. The, usually, you can get lighter or um, uh, lighter or modular, but you can't get rugged or uh, and take any of the combination of the other two, right? Lighter, modular, and rugged. But we were able to do all three, and that is because of years of human human factors research and the time and energy we put into engineering this. We are very excited about this product. So this is one. The other product we have is uh, what's called a Z1 product, HMT1Z1, and that is meant for more zone one environments where you have uh, explosives, uh, explosive kind of uh, chemicals in the air, and you don't want uh, uh, any electronic spark to cause any fire. Well, those are more used in mining, oil and gas, those kind of environments where you might have hydrocarbons in the air, for example. So those are our two main products today. Uh, we have a bunch of accessories and modules around this, but those are the two main products. Uh, one other thing, this is meant for industrial, so it's highly rugged. It's IP66, two-meter drop test. Uh, you can just drop it on the floor. I, I can't show it to you now because uh, you can't see me dropping it. But yeah, the, uh, these things are uh, amazingly rugged. People use them 24-7 in very harsh environments, and they last for a very long time. So that's basically the quick intro of what this product is and what we do. The main thing in terms of um, where this fits in is that it is below your field of view. It does not get in the way. That's our main uh, main um, kind of drive for our company. I like the idea of not getting in the way. And I like the um, adaptation of assistive augmented reality. And you see that same word being used in education industry 4.0 as well. I think that's a strong asset to have for your headset of being assistive over completely transformative. Yeah, uh, we, we are um, we are very fortunate to have 5000 customers, um, uh, really the top leading customers and the use cases. Maybe I didn't touch upon the use cases here, right? For the, one of our bigger use cases is see what I see, which means when I wear this device on my head, the camera with this camera, you can you as a remote expert can see what I am seeing and help me, right? So, for example, I'll give you an example. Michelin, uh, uh, the tire company, uh, needs to needs to inspect used tires to see how they have worn, right? How the tread has worn and what kind of problems these have, so they can design better tires. Usually, what happens is the experts are in a few select places in, in near the headquarters. And the technicians uh, who have the expertise to cut the tires are usually closer to the customers. So the, the best way to bridge the gap is to, while they're cutting it, have this kind of device on their head. And we have a, a, an amazing partner called AMA who has this technology called AMA Expert Eye, which is the ability to do video calls and then share uh, videos and also annotations. So from remotely, the person can mark things and you can see uh, the per the person in the field as they're cutting they can uh, they can see their own video and also with any comments or markings from the remote expert saying cut here cut here can you cut it this way can you cut it that way so that the, with the with this technology you're bridging the human gap right so if people are spaced out in time or spaced out in in place you can bridge that together by putting information here so that's uh, Michelin with uh, with the expert eye and see what I see use case. We have other use cases like workflows, for example. So if you are a technician going in the field and you need to go 
step by step through a procedure. And if you, for example, have to document things for regulatory reasons, you would you would use some something like an augmenter, for example, another of our partners. We have 200 plus uh, software partners who uh, work with our device, fully optimized for our voice-first interface. Um, they then uh, they then intelligently using AI show which steps make more sense for which customers. So the, that is another use case where you have more of a workflow type of use case. And then we have IoT use cases too. We can talk about later. Uh, well, one thing in terms of interaction that is not obvious when I'm talking here is this whole thing is hands-free, eyes forward, and completely driven by voice. So you're not uh, there is no button to interact here. Right? There's no screen. I'm I'm not touching it like this. I just say things. I say my program. I say call Rory, and it'll just call you. And I'll, after it calls you, it'll show me the things. And any instruction I need to do is visible here. So it'll actually say end call, start call, things like that. So it's very much intuitive, very much say what you see, and it'll do what you need to do. You don't have to remember some complicated instructions and become an expert in using the device. The whole point is you put it on, it's friction-free in an industrial environment. That's fantastic. And behind um, that hand, uh, sorry. No, sorry, there's a little bit of a lag. Uh, what I would say, and another thing here is the work, if you think about how much travel time is saved, how much uh, service time is reduced, um, another example is Volkswagen, for example, they have uh, reduced the service time by up to repair efficiency by up to 93% using another of a partner called Appear, where technicians in a, in a service center is talking to somebody far away. So lot of a lot of safety in terms of being not in the field of view, um, having information at your ready, so you have hands free. You're not holding onto a paper pad or a tablet to look for information, and a lot of um, help in terms of effectiveness because you are talking to an expert remotely without getting stuck in your work. So you get getting from starting your work to finishing your work with the help you need, both in terms of digital data and human help all while being hands-free. So that, that's really the magic formula we have found. Fantastic. And to go back to your voice assistance and other methods of hands-free delivery, how integral is it from your perspective to integrate AI technology into an AR product? Yeah, I, I think if you think about technologies in general, right, all of these are kind of converging together. Cloud, AI, AR, they're all kind of converging together. The most important thing from our point of view, more so than trying to introduce technology for technology's sake, is what problem is it solving? So one of the problems we saw when you're doing inspections, for example, in a, in a, let's say in a tire company or in a car company, you're trying to assemble a tire on a, on a car, a wheel on a car, then you, you have imperfections. One way, one of the work workflows for um, a, a technician is to, uh, or a factory worker is to go through a checklist saying there are no flaws in this and they have to take a picture. Now that flow can be done without AI, but with AI you can easily identify things much faster so the technician doesn't have to look in every nook and cranny five times, right? So as soon as they look at it with the camera, AI identifies where the flaws are. Then the technician plays, pays closer attention and says yes or no that these are really flaws or it's a reflection or something like that. Uh, our partner, IBM Maximo, for example, has developed AI software 
that works on our AR device to make that happen. But from a customer's point of view, they don't really care about, it's, is it AI, is it cloud, is it software, is it uh, AR, right? At the end, it's a magical experience. That's what we're aiming for, that when you use this device, it's helping you get to your end goal faster in a more productive manner. The AI is coming in a big way. I gave you an example of IBM just now. Uh, I talked about Augment here before, for example, where taking same kind of workflow thing, optimizing it to you. If you are an expert user, then I don't need to show you all the 25 steps. But if, for example, it's me and I'm new to the process, it might show me all the 25 steps and show me additional context. So that way it's optimized for me. And as I get better, it'll start showing me less and less and less and try to train me on things I'm not very good at. So that again is taking AI and making AR better. So we have many partners who are looking at this and um, we are actively working on this as long as it solves real world problems. That's our focus. Interesting. And could you talk about the methods behind processing, streaming and delivering Internet of Everything data to assist with that industry 4.0 future and vision? Sure. When you think about IoT data, right, it's very similar idea of how am I helping the frontline worker? When you are a frontline worker walking up to a machine, you want to know what's happening with the machine. There, there's this concept of digital twins where that machine itself might have a, a cloud twin, right? And uh, all the information about, the, about that, the health of this is transmitted digitally using IoT sensors up to the cloud that information would be really helpful to have in your hand. Now, at the, at the point where you are in front of the machine, you don't want to open a laptop, open a phone, and take your hands away from the work you need to do. You want to get that information more easily. But we have multiple partners who take that kind of digital twin data and feed it back in. Uh, you can think of it uh, as, a, as a 3D asset that's rotating. You can also think of it as dashboards that come in. Uh, one example is Augmentalis. Um, it's a company that, uh, one of the examples that's also on our website is they, they take mining data, which, uh, data from mining equipment and feed it back into you as you walk around the mine, right? So it, it is data that you could have seen on a desktop in a big fancy screen with lots of moving things, but then you reduce it into what's most important uh, when you need it in situ. So the important thing again is, is this information useful? And there are plenty of uh, partners of ours who take, the, take complicated data and make it very useful for the frontline worker. Augmentalis is one example. I imagine it's um, making that information understandable and easy to access as well. Yeah, exactly. It has to be context driven, right? So if you know where you are, you show information for that context. You make it easy for you to interact with that information. For example, you want to, you're looking at a dashboard. Now you want to go one click down. You can say uh, double click or click down, depending on how the user interface of the partner software is set up. And you can go next level down and see a different dashboard. Uh, we are also actively looking, working with partners on surfacing this kind of information in the ambient environment dynamically. For example, if you're walking down a warehouse and you have information on stocking, how, how much stock you have here or what's the temperature over there, 
you don't have to even ask for it. You just look at it and you see that information because our device knows which direction you're looking at. We have directionality uh, because it's on your head, right? You're always looking this way and I know which way you're looking. And then based on that, I can show you actively uh, the information from there. Uh, there's a lot of cool integration coming up where all these different technologies collide, IoT, AI, AR, all of them will collide into a, a magical experience for the frontline worker. Uh, it, it is actually stunning how, how much progress has happened in the last, if you think about five years, right? Um, a lot of investment has gone into disparate fields that is all coming together. And in, uh, I strongly believe industrial XR, which is a space where we play in, is at the forefront of where these kind of technologies actually show up in a useful way to make somebody productive, to make somebody safe, to make it useful on a day-to-day -day basis. That's, fa that's fantastic. And with those metrics that you're gaining from um, on-site workers, can they be used to improve a worker's efficiency or for onboarding or training purposes? Definitely. If you look at um, efficiency, if you don't have to travel, um, if, uh, for example, some companies install very complicated equipment uh, far away from, from where their country of operations is, especially with COVID, it, it removed the ability of traveling, right? So what, what did people end up doing? They ended up uh, trying to figure out over phone calls or, not del or delaying installations. But with our type of devices, with AR type of devices, uh, you could do the, the final checklist. You could do an, um, you could have somebody local install it and have somebody remote double check it and give the authorization for that equipment to be used. Uh, one example is Honeywell for, um, re recently did that with uh, using Microsoft Teams as the plat software platform. Now, what uh, advantage there is, it's huge, right? It's a lot of travel time that was saved and potential delays in starting up new factories. In terms of safety, uh, think about oil and gas. Uh, we have oil and gas customers who have offshore rigs. It takes uh, two, three days to get there, right? You have to fly to some place, drive to another place and take a helicopter and so on. It's very complicated to get to an oil rig. It's a dangerous place to be on an oil rig and the companies would rather not have too many people there. But sometimes they need the expert to help with fixing something. Uh, now somebody sitting in France, for example, um, uh, at one of our customers is able to debug problems happening in Louisiana. Uh, and that's a huge, huge benefit to them in terms of efficiency, in terms of productivity and uptime. You can imagine if something goes wrong on an oil rig, how much expense, how expensive it is uh, on a minute by minute basis, let alone by day by day basis. So it, it has really helped in terms of keeping people safe, yet giving them the ability to uh, project their expertise uh, across large distances and still be useful. Uh, not be in a way that's not very helpful. So that that's been the that's been the um, the trend we are seeing. More more software coming on, more technologies coming onto our device that are helping the frontline worker get their job done more productively. I imagine it helps a lot of sustainability goals as well. By the sounds of it. Yeah, of course, um, uh, I can rattle off some numbers here, but uh, just just think about 
how much time and money you save uh, and how much uh, gas you save, uh, how much carbon dioxide emissions you save by not flying so much. Uh, many of these companies would, especially when you're doing industrial installation, would fly over a team of six or seven on site and then fly them back and do this multiple times all over the time. And, and now you don't have to do that. In one of our customers' case, they had very few experts who would spend their whole year just flying around the world. And yes, there is um, um, you're emitting a lot of greenhouse gases doing that. Plus, you're also not being very productive because this expert could have been much more helpful while they're not traveling. So there's a travel time that's lost, right? When you get to the site, then you do something. But during the travel time, that time is lost for this expert, not available. So you need to have more experts on call, again, traveling all around the world. So it's, it has a multiplicative benefit, benefit productivity um, and carbon emissions. We're really proud of the impact we're having, even in... Uh, um, uh, even even with customers uh, who usually would you would not think uh, you you think about in terms of uh, carbon emissions, but uh, customers like oil and gas mining they are actually seeing the most benefits because they are the ones who travel quite a bit for to remote locations. The benefits for industry seem massive and seem almost countless uh, when you lay them out. Um, but finally, I want to talk about robotics and what moves are realware making to, are making within the robotic space. In robotics, uh, I don't have anything specific I can share publicly at the moment. Uh, what I would say is just like other technologies we talked about, uh, there are advances in robotics that can be helpful to us. Uh, we have talked to a company, for example, um, that's, um, th that's kind of enhancing human beings' capabilities by adding uh, other capabilities to the, to the skeleton, for example. I wouldn't, I don't, I'm being careful here not to talk too much about the details. Uh, but think of our device as augmenting a person, right? So when you're, um, when, there are other ways to augment a person in the field. And so when, um, I'll just leave it there. So uh, I'll, I'll just say, uh, we'll talk about that when we are ready to share more. Well, it sounds like there's a lot of interesting stuff happening nonetheless. Yes, that, uh, that, that is for sure. A lot of interesting stuff happening. And we're looking forward to this year, especially as we launch more uh, display modules and, uh, and as we launch more uh, camera modules. We are really looking forward to making our platform even better than it has been in the past, uh, adding more software capabilities on top from our partners and uh, homegrown. And at the end, the goal being making the lives of frontline workers a lot better. That's fantastic and a brilliant point to end on. So I thank you for your time. I wanted to end by asking what is the best way for our readers to keep up to date with everything real work? Well, you can follow us on LinkedIn. Uh, you can go to realway.com, but pro probably following us on LinkedIn and Twitter would be the easiest way to find out uh, the latest and greatest. Brilliant. And for our listeners, get more XR news by following our social pages. I'm Rory Greener from XR Today. Thanks for watching. <laughs>